The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hi everybody, this is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of The Doctor is In. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice, and it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. In the words of James Tiberius Kirk, from the original Star Trek series, when he would save a galaxy or two, pretty much every show, sometimes the whole universe, and get the girl while he's doing it, the show is going to boldly go where no brain has gone before. Good to have you with me. The Doctor is In is the name of the program. My cohorts at the other end there in the studio, Andrew Kruchek, producer man, father of Audra Rose and John. Eric Dumont, he's a daddy of two also. He's the call screamer. He's the first guy you talk to. He sets the tone. He's a lot sweeter than I am. He really is. He is a lot sweeter than I am. So the number to talk to Eric, 877 573 7825-877-57 equal. I'm a psychologist, so I do for a living professionally. Used to do it full-time, 50, 60 hours a week for well, probably the first 15, 16 years of my career. And then I started branching into other areas, which many psychologists do, by the way. Uh, the field is very much filled with uh, counselors and social workers and life coaches, so the shrinks... PhD guys, girls, ooh, I can say guys, I don't know if I can say girls, uh, well, the PhD people uh, move into other positions, supervisory positions, but you still got some seeing folks, and I see folks part-time, I do the radio here part-time, now, I, two different things, radio and the uh, therapy office, two very, very different things, and the therapy office, of course, you can... You can dig deep, you can probe, you have all kinds of time. Sometimes they come back, you know, you can get two, three, four, five sessions in, get some deep sense of understanding what making what is making the person tick. And here on the radio, it's education. A few thoughts, a few ideas. I'm not going to diagnose. I've never, ever diagnosed on this program, and I'm certainly not going to in any way countermand a therapist or a counselor you're seeing. Not at all. But we can give a few notions, ideas, ponder some of your options, speculate on what might happen if you do what you think you want to do, or even if you do what you think I want you to do. Who knows what can happen? We can make a pretty good guess of it. It's one of the great benefits, by the way, of uh, being a shrink. If I give advice to somebody in my office, when they come back, 
I can find out exactly what happened if they attempted to implement that advice. Unfortunately, MDs don't have that flexibility. They see a person for some malady, and perhaps a living struggle comes up, or or with a pediatrician, a struggle with a kid comes up, and the doctor can give some ideas, but by and large, that person is not going to come back a week later and say, okay, let me talk to you about how your ideas worked. But one of the great advantages you have is seeing people over and over again. And if you'll notice on this program, sometimes I say, please call me back. Please call me back. Okay, a couple of things. I want to thank the Legatus folks in Nashville. What a town. I pulled into Nashville. Nothing but glass buildings. It looked, uh, first of all, it looked beautiful, but it was so uniformly glowing with glass. I had not been to Nashville in a while. Uh, it's an incredible city. I also want to mention that the good Lord permitting off Saturday and Sunday coming up. That's pretty close, isn't it? I will be at the uh, Wichita Family Conference. That thing's huge. It is. They, they take up the whole convention center. One of the neatest things about it, at least for me, is the vendors. They all have bowls of candy. It's like Halloween. One lady said to me last year, she said, you, you've been here before. I said, yeah, I know, but you got the best stuff. You got Twix bars. Nobody else has Twix bars. Sometimes they just give out those, like those mint lifesavers. That's, that's the candy that you put in daddy's dish on Halloween, you know. You kept the good stuff for yourself. Some people give out small M&Ms, which is really cool. I come away pretty loaded up. Okay, number here, 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Certainly would like to talk to you about something in your life that matters to you. Something you want to say. All right, let's just hear what this guy thinks about this. Let me run it by him. Maybe it'll confirm the direction I'm going in. Maybe it'll sidetrack me, or maybe it'll stop me dead in my tracks before I do something that could be self defeating. Eight seven seven fifty seven. Equal is the number. Oh, one more announcement. I'm, I'm really biting into my opening monologue. I don't know what the numbers are, but I think they're pretty high. Uh, next week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we will be down in a very nice, well, it's the largest metropolitan area in uh, Ohio, and it's one of the top markets, Columbus. St. Gabriel Radio's down there. They've been down there a long time. They're a wonderful operation, and they will be co-sponsoring the TV show, Living Right with Dr. Ray. They're the ones that Margie got everybody together to get that audience there. And from what I can tell, it's going to be a big audience. Where we, we will be taping two shows each night at Ohio Dominican University. Uh, I think 5.15, 7.30 are the times. You go to stgabrielradio.com, and that's stgabrielradio.com, and they have it popping up, running through on their homepage, where you go to sign up if you'd like to be in the audience. Audience is fun. We have all kinds of neat, neat times with the audience. The audience is an integral, interactive part of the program. So, we, oh, I know they said two of them are, are closed out, and that, that typically doesn't happen. And there's waiting lists on two of the shows. But uh, some of the others can still take some more people. So, this will be one of my last announcements on that. Well, given that I did all of that badinage at the top of the program here, uh, my opening monologue. Don't do that. 
Okay, that's it. Okay, let's take a break. No, I got more. Out of curiosity, I saw this magazine headline. This was some years back. It said, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember, it said something like, don't do timeout or, or some negative aspect of timeout. I figured out. I mean, let's see what this thing is. It's one of those parenting magazines or a family magazine. Opened it up. The woman had letters after her name. She was a professor, I think a child development person. She started out the article saying this. Time out is a humiliating experience. And then she went on to spout some ideas and notions that I've heard from an awful lot of mental health types or more often child development types against time out. It's punishment. Ew. Don't punish. It is isolation. It is rejection. And this stuff has been thrown at something as benign as sitting a kid on the steps or standing him in the corner. Now, this is all theory. These are experts spouting theory. There's absolutely no research anywhere that says, in fact, we've studied it, and these children, after controlling for all the millions of other confounding variables, children who are put in a corner 1.26 times per day commit more murders than kids who are put in the corner, not at all, or whatever the operational outcome might be. None. And I got to thinking, in one of my books I talked about this, just about every traditional, I'm going to say consequence, I want to say, I don't want to say punishment, ooh, ooh, every traditional consequence that a parent might use has been attacked by a high-profile expert. For example, don't send a child to their room. No, no, no. Rooms are positive places associated with good feelings. Child sent to her room develops ambivalence, negative feelings towards the room. I've heard this all the time. Of course. Don't put a two-year-old in his crib. Crib is to sleep in. It's not to be a place of punishment. Don't do that. How about this one? And I heard a very high syndicated profile quasi-expert say, don't ever take away part of a child's allowance because they didn't do their chore. That's breaking a commitment. You're showing the child that you can't be trusted. Your word is not good. Now, I just wanted to say, well, what if that's part of the initial condition? Here, here's your allowance. You earn this allowance on the basis of doing ABCD. You don't do ABCD, I take a percentage. No, no, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to do that. I heard the similar experts say, now for this is particularly relevant for those of you with big families. Older children are not to help in the care of younger children. These are not their children. You had those children. They're your responsibility. Or this one. This is very common. 
Don't make a child say, I'm sorry. If he doesn't feel it, it's useless. He's mouthing words. Well, that's right. He is mouthing words. Now, I'm not going to get into the debate about forming the habit first and the emotions follow. But you're not allowed to say, I'm sorry, or to make a child say, I'm sorry. Unless they want to. Related. Don't make a child say please or thank you. Why? If they if they don't feel gratitude, they're just saying thank you is just is just kind of a token civilized move. Or I was told this, I was told this by a child development person. We don't make the children share in this class. How would you like it if somebody came to you and said, Hey, you mind if I just go up in your closet and and take one of your shirts? <laughs> Me, I'd go, yeah, take take them all. You nobody would want to wear my shirts. Nineteen seventy four circa silk shirts, paisley. My ties as wide as my shirts. You gotta you gotta have a good self image to dress like I do. There's just no way. My point is this. Pretty much every single consequence that a parent would use has been attacked at some level by one or more or lots of experts. And don't even start on spanking because 99% of experts will say you're a hideous, evil person if you swatted a bottom. There's no research to support that in a loving home, by the way. So what can you do? Well, I don't know. You got a three-year-old. You reason with him, I guess. You sit down and say, "Um, I'm not comfortable with you kicking me in the shin. I, I can't go with that. I'm feeling a lot of frustration. What might be another option? I know you have a sticker system, but I can't take a sticker off your system because I've committed to those stickers. And therefore, those are your stickers. What I can do is is maybe get a smaller sticker and show you when you kick me you won't get a sticker as big oh i don't know i'm i know i'm mocking it but unfortunately there is truth in it all right come back do some talking 877-573-7825 i would definitely very much like to hear from you the wisdom of Mother Angelica. I went to Las Vegas years and years ago for one of these cable shows. And, and I was uh, shocked to see all these old ladies in their 70s and 80s getting off that plane, running for a slot machine. You don't have a chance to win. They're all fixed. I know, my uncle used to have slot machines. <laughs> EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. 
Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. You're listening to The Least Worst of The Doctor Is In with Dr. Ray Garendi. We assure you this randomly selected program is one of our least worst. I had a situation here before I go to Nancy from Chicago. Situation the other day, I was eating breakfast. Breakfast is a cool meal to eat out. And I had a cup of coffee, but no spoon. So I was teasing the waitress. I said, hey, I, excuse me, I, this coffee's too hot to stir with my finger. So she left. She came back a minute or so later and said, here, here's another cup of coffee. It, it's, it's not as hot. Try this one. No, she didn't, and no, I didn't. Nancy from Chicago, how are you? Good, Dr. Ray. Thank you very much. Nice to speak to you. Um, I am calling because my son will be going away to very happily to a very devout um, Catholic college in a few weeks. And uh, he is looking to major in psychology and is looking to follow in your footsteps. He wants to be a therapist, counseling, just that field, but uh, specifically um, either marriage or or for men, and even better, Catholic men. He, he sees a need for that. And um, I was just wanting to know if you maybe had any advice for him or um, resources, anything that would help him along the way as he starts this next journey of his. Well, Nancy, the stuff I was going to tell you was predominantly geared to your son's going off to a secular college university or a catholic in name college or university but since you say he's going to a faithfully catholic one that's a good thing for people of faith that's yes. a good thing yes yes he will at need he will yes. at least need to get a masters yes to have any kind of flexibility in the therapeutic field and even at that and i'm not sure exactly how the licensing works i know in psychology you gotta have a phd as far as i'm as far as i'm aware uh if he were to go into counseling uh he might be able to get licensed with a master's degree i know the states have different qualifications so you're in illinois i don't know what those would be uh i would have warned him that psychology as it is predominantly practiced is a very secular some would say far left field i'm hoping that the professors at his place have a a strong catholic worldview because that's what he's going there for so that's good uh there is a place called the institute 
for psychological research. Um, they are a faithfully Catholic group, and they have a lot of stuff on the blend between psychology and the faith. There's a book mm-hmm. out by a guy named, I think, William Kirkpatrick or Kilpatrick, and it's called The Seduction of Psychology. And he talks about a lot of the ideas and the notions that psychology presents and exactly how do those fit into a Christian worldview. Now, it just so happens, Nance, I'm glad you called, because I got some books for you. I have a book called Jesus, the Master Psychologist. I take many of the sayings of Jesus in terms of how to live your life better, and I comment on them, and I I don't want to say analyze them. I'm not going to analyze the God-man, but I'm going to show how they are psychologically profound and how they work. And then I have another book called Advice Worth Ignoring, which is 50 very common notions, psychological notions, thrown at parents that don't work well and that undercut their authority and their peace of mind and their confidence. Now, both of those are on my website. They are signed, so you can get them there. Um, what's another book I read that I, I really liked? Um, Slipping my mind for right now. But those are some resources I would suggest for your son. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, very, very good. We will definitely start with that. And he agrees with what you said. He sees that field as being very left-leaning, and he wants to bring in something better. Good for that. good for so. him. And and I've I've talked to similar young people going to secular programs. And uh, if they're a faith-filled person, they got to keep their heads down. Absolutely. They do because they are asked to accept and applaud things that morally they struggle with from mm-hmm. the church's perspective. Um, I've, I've had that. I even, I even had some of that when I was in grad school. I just, I was weaselly enough and I kept my mouth shut enough, that's hard to believe, but I did, that I navigated it. But this was long ago, so it's gotten a lot, lot more left now. It was left then. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I agree with that. And um, I, I, I will definitely call you down the road and um, give you an update. And um, I'm, I'm very happy for him. He's he's very excited about this journey. And, Good for and him. Like I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, will you, share, I will share this with him. 90% of what I know has been from my own personal reading, my own experience. 10% is a remnant from that PhD. Mm. That is good to know. That is good to know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the insight I was looking for, Dr. Ray. God bless you. Thank Thank you you so much. See that, Andrew? Catch that one. That's the insight I was looking for, Dr. Ray. Use that one. Boy, they're gathering up here. Not very humble. So maybe you could change the word insight. You can say that's not the insight I was looking for, Dr. Ray. You could do something with AI, can't you? Well, I'm looking at the clock here, and I've only got about 40 seconds before I go to my next call. I can do that. I can, I can talk for 40 seconds. I had a young lady call me 
the department, and this was a Catholic college, the department where she was getting her degree in counseling very, very much was reflecting cultural celebrations on moralities, on views, and she struggled with that deeply because she was a very faithful young lady, and she said to me, what do I do here? What do I do? They want me to say this. They want me to write this. They want me to believe this. And I said, isn't it interesting that in a university where we're supposed to allow diversity of opinion, you're not permitted? Because that's not, that's not exactly psychology. It's kind of like cultural perspective. Father Benedict Rochelle. Brothers and sisters, we got to tell the truth in this country. For heaven's sakes, I wouldn't want to go to a synagogue and find that they were having a Muslim service. I wouldn't want to go to a mosque and run into a Baptist service. I don't want to go to a Baptist church and find out that they're having mass. We've got to be honest to ourselves. We've got to be what we are. I'd rather a good old-fashioned, honest agnostic than a phony Christian any day of the week. There are reluctant agnostics. There are atheists who are searching for God, and they may find Him. But somebody who says they're doing something in the name of God, in the name of Christ, and God and Christ have nothing to do with it, is violating this commandment. I am the Lord your God. You shall not take my name in vain. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. In Christ, we suffer, but it's a suffering that can bear much fruit. Our God can bring good out of the suffering caused by evil. God permits evil, and from the suffering caused by evil, He creates a reality greater than that which could have existed without the possibility of evil entering human experience. In Christ, suffering is fruitful. Those members of the body of Christ who are fruitless are removed. It's dead wood, and that's suffering. But even those members of the body of Christ who are fruitful are pruned, they're trimmed. Daddy squeezes and sometimes spanks in order that we would be more fruitful. Jesus again says, by this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. You're listening to the least worst of The Doctor Is In with Dr. Ray Garendi. So please, no calls at this time. Doesn't that sound like an intro from a Gordon Lightfoot song? I think he passed away. I just heard recently, Gordon Lightfoot. He wrote that song, many songs. He wrote The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. That's one of those songs that's kind of like it's a small world. If you hear it, it stays in your head for four days. You can't get rid of it. Karen from Cincinnati, Ohio. She wants to reach the unreachable. Hi, Karen. Hi. <laughs> so what? Is, what is this young man's problem 
with <laughs> self-control. He tell has. Him to, no. tell he him has to a grow, reflex arc. Tell him to grow up. <laughs> his uh-huh. I know. A reflex arc. See, not many people know what that is. Goes right through the spinal cord. Doesn't go up into the cerebral cortex. It is just a reaction. Boom. Yes. Well, you, uh, you want me to stop it right now? I can. I can tell you how to stop it right now in one sentence. You ready? Yes. You might want to write this down. <laughs> Give him whatever he wants. No. Well, now see, you come here for advice, I give advice, and then you just go, no. <sighs> All right. It's, it's more the impulsive things, like he's just, he thinks he's funny, so he spits, and he spits in your face. Oh! And he's not doing it to be rude, you know, or he's oh, going to So, he's wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, like, well, he's, he's just I, being silly. I suspect he's got you scammed. Because... I think so. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm seven years old, and I know spitting is wrong. He knows spitting is wrong. You've told him that a twenty. How many times? Lots. Yeah. So he spits at mom, and you know what he does? He laughs. Mom, no offense. I'm just laughing. I'm gonna kick you in the shins, and we'll just laugh because it's just oh shoot. Isn't that funny, mom? No. I think Karen. Some kids are more impulsive than others. You're right. And we really don't know how impulsive your little guy is because, well, if you've been letting him do things like spit at you more than once, then he may have a habit, which doesn't mean he's impulsive. It just means he's learned to do that. Um, a quick question. This this will help me get a view of this. What's your little guy's name, Karen? Anthony. Anthony. I was going to be named Anthony if I'd have been born on June 13th, which is St. Anthony's feast day. My parents are going to name me Anthony. But you know why they named me Raymond? My mom told me this. She said because why? we couldn't spell blech. Yeah, she said that. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, it took me years to get over that one. Um, okay, if you were to say, Anthony, that is really wrong. Go stand in the corner till I decide what I'm going to do about it. Would he turn and go and stand in the corner? He would probably scream a couple of times pretty loudly, and I would probably repeat it once or twice more, and he would go. Mm-hmm. There'd be a lot of screaming, and it's probably a slamming of a door or something if he went up to his room. Okay, so he'd throw. His room's not very exciting. It's got it's got you know toys. I mean, it doesn't have toys. It's got books. You know, it's not like a side by side refrigerator freezer up there. Right, no. right, <laughs> old ride from Disney World. Um, no. Okay, you answered the question. He wouldn't. Now, you're right. You can get him there if you push. If you repeat yourself, if you get a little angry, maybe you grab him by the arm and you drag him there. But here's the problem you're facing, Karen. That's going to get more resistant. He's going to get older, and he's going to look at you, and one of these times he's going to just stand there as if to say, what are you going to do about it? So, here's my suggestion. To teach him self-control, assuming he's a normal little guy, when he does something that you think is wrong, I think we're allowed to use that word. I think. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for using wrong. When he makes an inappropriate choice, (laughs) as the child development people would say, you do something about it. 
For example, say say yeah. you tell him it's not funny to spit at your mom. Anthony, next time you ever do that, you're losing every single privilege all day long. Don't ever spit at your mom. Okay, so this and you're going to be like, I knew there was something else. Okay, so this is the problem: is that I, I work. My husband takes care of the kids, and he's not always great about following through on the discipline. Why so is I he like that in the evening? Why is I, he like that? Because it's probably a little bit easier <laughs> than easier, hearing him screaming. And the... this is one of the great rationales of not disciplining. Yeah, it's just easier to oh, let no. him go. He'll outgrow it. He's just young. He's going to get over it. He'll develop self-control as he gets older. No, it goes the other way, Karen. They don't develop self-control as they get older. They push harder. Yes. All right. Well, there's good news, bad news. I'll give you the good news first. Your son will learn that you don't do that kind of stuff with mom. You do it with dad, but you don't do it with mom. So he'll learn that mom's speed limit is 20 and dad's is the Audubon. He'll learn that. Now, the bad news is it's going to take it longer because your husband is not helping you with this. You're not, you're, you're not both playing the same tune. So... Here's what I predict is going to happen. I suspect that within a year or two, your husbands are going to get very frustrated with Anthony. If he isn't already. And then, aha, I like when my predictions are in the present. (laughs) So that's right. So hopefully he will see how you deal with him. And he'll realize this is a better way to do this. Karen, parents will come into my office all the time and they'll say, I want to, my son doesn't have self-control. My daughter doesn't have self-control. And as they describe it, as we poke and we probe and we ask more questions, far more than I can ask here, it becomes very clear it's not self-control. It's just kid acting on impulse. And what has happened is that the parents really haven't acted firmly enough to teach the child, you better get control of your impulses over time because this is what we're going to do. So it's not a matter of him having to learn self-control. It's a matter of you having to teach him self-control. Right, that makes sense. Sure. So there you go. Now, I was going to recommend my discipline book, but I already recommended a couple books already, and I'm... I was reading in the uh, Virtue uh, Handbook or the Humility Handbook that I'm studying for my comeback that you can't, you can't self-promote on your program more than four minutes, which I've already blown I out. already have it, and I've already read it. Thank you. Well, you sh- well then you shouldn't have even had to call me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there is a scratch-and-sniff ver- scratch version that I've written for husbands. So All right, thank you. Get, get that one, but do not scratch and sniff in the potty training section. Don't do that. Okay. Okay? Thank you for the call, thank dear. You. I'll talk to you. Bye. <laughs> you know, I could easily, I mean, I'm even thinking it about myself. What a jerk. I could see somebody listening on. What a jerk. <laughs> get off my lawn. Tom Price, I knew you was listening. I knew you were listening. You always listen. Did you ever stop and not listen?
The Catholic Catechism tells us that an evil end can corrupt an objectively good act. Our Lord pointed this out when he spoke of Pharisees praying and fasting, both objectively good acts, in order to be seen by men, a morally corrupt end which therefore corrupts all the actions. On the other hand, a good intention cannot justify an objectively evil action. One cannot turn fornication, a morally evil action in and of itself, by participating in it, even to save a life. Fornication is always wrong because it involves a disorder of the will, a moral evil. It is an error, the Catholic Catechism tells us, therefore to judge an act merely by considering the intention that inspired it or the circumstances such as social pressure or emergency. The end never justifies the means. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Parents in a town just 45 minutes outside of Dublin have banned together to enforce a smartphone ban for their children in elementary school. It was just the striking results of the rising anxiety, depression, and everything we noticed of having a mobile phone, especially among young children. And according to this article, the results have been extremely positive in terms of less anxiety among the children, closer bonds being formed with the families, more time spent together outside with kids playing and actually reading. I mean, this is such common sense. All too often, I think it's it's hard for parents and grandparents to resist, right? Well, mom and dad, everybody has one. It's really incredible, this simple effort of parents coming together and saying, you know what, we need to do something. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of the doctor is in. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. going to get in trouble with ASCAP, am I, for whistling? Thank you for joining me so very much. This is Dr. Ray Grindy program. Here's The Doctor Is In. By the way, Tom Price, he is my boss, my direct boss over at EWTN. And I do what he says. I do what he says. But I am getting older, and I'm realizing that uh, if I do something really egregious, I'm so old that life in prison isn't that long anymore. Good to have you with me on the program, 877-573-7825. If you call now, you have a better than 50-50 chance of getting on. Matter of fact, you have a very good chance of getting on because it's quiet, very quiet. Now, I could talk. I like doing it, but I'd rather talk to you. So 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get on to program had an interesting email and it's something that I I addressed in my adoption book not unusual for parents to raise two three four bio kids that kind of sounds like one of these uh, x-file things bio kid and have them turn out quite responsible quite mature, quite successful, maybe faith-filled. 
And the parents say to themselves, well, you know, we still got a lot more parenting left in us. And we've gained a lot of experience. So look at look how our kids turned out. Let's go adopt some older kids from the foster system, which is a good thing to do. And you don't want to not do it on what I say. But much of the time, that is a completely different parenting experience. Which means that these kids are tougher to raise. And they don't necessarily as easily absorb your parenting as the bio kids did. I'm going to assume that you weren't on drugs and alcohol when you were giving birth to your children. I'm going to assume you had good nutrition. I'm going to assume that you were healthy. I'm going to assume that you rocked that baby and you talked to that baby and you fed that baby and you did all kinds of things for that little baby to develop nice, thick neurological connections. Well, sometimes those adopted kids didn't get that. Drugs and alcohol are devastating in the womb. And early neglect is devastating. So, it's a wonderful thing to do. Go do it. But don't be shell-shocked when, in fact, it's a different parenting experience. Or it, not always, not always, but more often than with the bio kids. Okay. Ellen from Columbus. Speak of the devil. No, can't speak of that. That's that's a bad turn of the phrase. St. Gabriel Radio, where we're going to go down. And I'm going to assume that Ellen is anxiously waiting to be in the TV audience down in Columbus. And if she's not, well, I'm going to just I'm just going to give her wrong advice. Hi, Ellen. Oh, that's Hi. it. If you're not going to be in that you're not going to be in that TV audience, are you? <laughs> no, I I have to work. Sorry. Quit. Uh, yeah, I wish I could. <laughs> Which is more important, Ellen? Your complete psychological well-being or work? Work. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Well, I may give you good advice, I may not. It depends. I don't I don't know what I'm feeling right now. Talk to me. Ah. Uh, okay. I have an only daughter that I raised um, pretty much um, on my own with a little help. Uh, And she's an adult now. She has two children. And she kind of uses them, my grandchildren, uh, as a weapon against me whenever I do something she doesn't like. What do you do that she doesn't like? This last time, I sent a, a like a card to her in-laws because they're having problems with it. Well, the, the grandfather is having health issues, and I just sent a, a card saying, I'm, "I'm sorry, I'm praying for you." And she found out about it. And she, That's awful. <laughs> well, Ellen, I know. can't believe you did that. Neither. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's hard to gauge when she's going to get mad at you for what? Anything. Anything. The most benign, the most kind thing, if she doesn't approve of the motive or the conduct, how long does she stay mad? 
Well, so far it's been since June since I've seen my grandkids. Does she make it obvious? Does she say, uh, "Mom, you're not you're not welcome here," or does does she just disappear? And every time you try to contact, there's no, no response. No, she makes it obvious. Ooh, so she'll she'll attack you first for doing what you supposedly did. How how evil to send a get well card to somebody. And then she'll turn around, and how does she soften over time? She just gets over her madness? It, it waits until she needs me, and then she'll talk to me. And so the first time she contacts you is for a request? Yeah. She won't contact you and say, hey, Mom, you want to take the kids to get ice cream? Uh, that'd be great. Right. How long has this been going on? Oh, gosh, for like a couple years now. How old are the kids, Ellen? Yeah. How how old are the kids? I mean, how old are they? Yeah. Five, six, and two. She's married, I take it? Yeah. And so her husband just goes along? Right. Otherwise, he gets in trouble, too. When she... Now, you said you raised her by yourself. Does that mean for you there's no husband on the scene? He was there, um, but on the off hours that I was working a second job. Hmm. Is he still around? No, he's not. Okay. So it's just you, and she just punishes you. Yeah. Two things. One, please do not second guess what you do when you think it is a good thing to do. I know you're probably hyper vigilant now and saying, well, now if I send a card to somebody she doesn't want me to send a card to, that's it. I'm not going to see the kids for three months. Don't do that. If you think it's a good thing to do, do it. If you think she's acting like a brat, um... Something tells me this ain't new. Something tells me she's always been this way, and you guys have butted heads, and she's been kind of bratty about a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah, she's not. You're not going to have somebody turn on mom and say, okay, you sent a card to somebody that I didn't want you to send a card to because I don't like them, and therefore you can't see your grandkids. That's not going to happen at age 38 when you've had a mm-hmm. smooth relationship prior to that. Uh, something tells me your daughter has been unpredictable every step of the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, another thing in my level of suggestions here. Make sure you don't do anything that you could look at yourself and say, a rational person, a reasonable person would get upset for me at me for doing that. In other words, you're gonna you're gonna make some comment or advice on her parenting. Don't do that. She'll kill okay. you for that. She'll kill you for that. Not literally, oh, yeah. but right away. I, I have I've already crossed that bridge. Okay. I know what happens. Exactly. So you gotta you gotta separate out what is your life to live, charitably speaking, and what could be offensive, honestly so, to her. So that means you don't give any opinions about anything, Ellen, because you don't know how she's gonna react to them. My suspicion is she's gonna react to them badly simply because they come from you. You could say the sky is blue. And she'll say, no, it isn't, and you can't see your grandkids. Okay. 
So, do not live walking on eggshells. Yeah. If she calls you and she wants help and you think to yourself, okay, I can help her. Or if you think to yourself, no, this is, she completely taking advantage of me. She wants to borrow 200 bucks. But yesterday, she was out shopping all day for things she wanted, and she got her nails done for 75 bucks. Somehow that got back to you. Uh, and you say to yourself, uh, this, this, this isn't good. And you're thinking, yeah, but if I don't, if I don't, you won't let me see that grandkids. Here's the bad news, good news, both sides. It sounds like she's going to continue to use the bad kids as the grandkids as weapons. So if you're going to get punished for things you don't even know what you did, you might as well okay. just make your best judgment on what you want to do with your own life and what requests you want to answer from her. Because it would seem that Every request she makes is probably not good to respond to. But you do anyway because she's blackmailing you. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I like when women say that. I like that. <laughs> Andrew, flag that one. That's a good one. So please, don't, don't, don't walk on eggs. She's 38 years old for heaven's sakes. Now, you didn't say this. i got to take a break here. I'm way past break. You didn't say this, Ellen. Okay. But I bet her husband walks on eggs, too. He does. Mm -hmm. All righty, my dear. Sorry you're in that situation. I see it a lot, 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 lot. I'd have a oh, book to I'll recommend, but I can't say it. You can, you, If you're going to win the right. Humility Award, you can only recommend one book per show. Yeah. But if you're interested, it's a grandparent book. Okay, I'll talk to you. Oh, good. Thank you, All right, dear. thank you. Bye. All right, I may have just lost the Humility Award. I hope not, though. I think I can counter it. I'll be extra humble next time. This is Dr. Ray. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Do you have a bad temper? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. From the Old to the New Testament, Scripture speaks about us controlling our anger. Proverbs states that those of us with a hasty temper will make mistakes. We also know anger issues can lead to health issues. We can cause a fight, lose a friend, or witness to others in ways that are unproductive. Mayo Clinic suggests some ways to manage our anger and dial down the temperature of our anger. Practice deep breathing, maybe a personal timeout. Think before speaking. Calm down before discussing a concern. This will lead to less stress. Identify solutions and present them calmly. Try using humor or laugh at yourself. Humor can be a great diffuser. Most of all, if you have persistent anger issues at work or at home, don't be afraid to seek help. For more details on managing anger, look for the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. 
There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. You're listening to The Least Worst of The Doctor Is In with Dr. Ray Garendi. We assure you this randomly selected program is one of our least worst. I just got a text from one of my big bosses over there at EWTN, Jack Williams. Now, he didn't text this because he doesn't listen to the show. So somebody must have texted it and put his name on it. He said, we don't have the rights to the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, but we do have the rights to the wreck of Ray Garendi. Jack. You don't understand. If I was 40, I'd go, oh, no, oh, no, somebody's upset at me. My age, my lawn. AJ calling from Omaha. He's got two questions here. I'm going to answer the first one, and that will make the second one irrelevant. Hi, AJ. Hi, Dr. Ray. (laughs) So you got, okay, here's, here's what I got up there on the computer board. Your friend's mother is overbearing toward your friend's sister. Your friend says, AJ, can you talk to my mom? She likes you. And then you said, Dr. Ray, should I do this? Or what should I say? We got that kind of right there in the summary? Yep. Oh, I can answer the first one real quick, and then that would make the second one irrelevant. Don't get in the middle of that. Are you? How would you even introduce it? Would you say, well, you know, hey, I hear you're not very nice to your daughter. <laughs> hey, you know, oh, uh, I, now, and she'll look at you like, what are you talking about? How do you know anything? Yeah. Well, I know, what, uh, I know what your son told me. Well, um... Well, first of all, let me tell you about my son. I, I, that would, I said, 98.265% chance, that's a rough estimate, that that's going to blow up in your face. Yeah, here's I thought yeah. Here's what I'd tell your yeah, friend. I would say, mm-hmm. first of all, she likes me, but that doesn't mean she's going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Secondly, whatever's going on has been going on for years. Yeah. And for me to step in and say, hey, be nicer. Be nicer to your daughter because she's a really nice person. She's going to look at me and say, what do you know? You don't know what's been going on in our relationship. Well, your son told me. Well, let me tell you about my son. Okay, so I, I, some sense of that could happen. So I think AJ just might tell your friend, ah, if I did this, it would probably just make it worse. That's the way to say it. Probably just make it worse. And furthermore, it would make it worse for him. You know why? Because she will have accused him of tattling on her. Why did she go tell you this? Or why did he go tell you this? Call back, AJ. I got to run. Andrew says, I am done. I got bosses everywhere. The most inflexible boss is the clock. Walk with God. He is much more tolerant. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.